there's a fine line, isn't there? Because there's a knee-jerk reaction every time something horrendous happens. Uh, but the reality is we do not live in an ideal in an ideal planet. So you have to take responsibility for your own safety. But at the same time, yeah, it would be nice if people didn't assault, murder and rape people, but they do. And that's never yeah. going to go away. So, not so, why so we you have to live in it as an after. We don't deal with it when it's happening, when it's coming up, yeah. when when people start doing the dick pics and the exposure and, and the things that they do in the lead up, in their learning curve to abuse. We don't deal with them. And that's what I'm saying. We need to deal with them right at the beginning. When people start to spin, you know, when they start pulling the wings off flies, we need to go, hmm. We need to sort this with we need to have a conversation with this child to see why this child is doing what this child's doing. And I don't think abusers are mentally ill, I just think they're horrible people. Hi there, it's Martin back again for another episode of Positive Differences. Um, second time round with this person, we did record on it. Um, my technical team let me down badly. They didn't do what they were meant to do. In other words, I didn't, uh, I didn't press record. There was something happened, I can't remember. Um, but I'm joined again today, or for the first time for you lot, by Ree Pearson. Hi, Ree, how are you doing? Nice to see you, Martin. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, Ree, what, what, what are you up to and why do you think I've asked you to come on the air and share your message? What are you trying to do? I'm try, trying to raise awareness of domestic abuse and October is actually domestic abuse month I've written a book which is a guide for well it was intended as a guide for teenage girls to help them recognize abusive behaviors at the very beginning of intimate relationships that can be precursors to abuse in that relationship what's actually happened is that book has now become a guide for parents and also carers and I'm looking to get it into schools and also for anybody who works with teenagers because we all I mean having coming from my background a lot of um, service provision is after the fact it's after people have been abused it's after they've reached crisis point in that relationship the book is about the behaviours that happen way, way, way before crisis point is reached. And what's the book called then, Ray? Because you're very, you're very, you're here to promote it, so you may as well tell us the name. Okay, it's called Be Kind, No Excuses, which is pretty much, I mean, it was, that's kind of how I live my life. Um, that's my philosophy. It's not very easy to live like that because sometimes you meet some awful people. Um, but the, the book kind of got its name from how I try to be. And it's available on Amazon as an ebook and also from repearson.com if you like to have a book to hold. Physical copy, yeah. Um, so, so, so Ree, you, 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 you said my background. So your background is in the police, isn't it? Presumably as a responder often to the very kind thing you're trying yeah. to, to reduce. Well, I had 27 years with Northumbria Police and part of my um, time there was working strategically, looking at safeguarding. In fact, I started working strategically 
around domestic abuse before the word safeguarding was even invented. So it became safeguarding while I was there, um, looking at vulnerabilities and looking at patterns and how things come about. And that's when I realized that you don't get into a relationship with, you don't get into a relationship and then that relationship becomes abusive. What happens is you get into a relationship with somebody who is going to abuse you. And if you can get heads up on their behaviors, you will see that, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea to get into a relationship with that person that you've met recently, because it does happen right from the very beginning. There's, 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 there's a lot to touch on there, but the first thing is you say it happens right from the very beginning. So I'm not trying, I don't expect you to summarize a book into a sentence, but can you give us a, a couple of really simple examples, think, things that you should go, oh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, so when you, when somebody cracks a joke and it's at your expense and it makes you feel uncomfortable and then you say, well, actually, that wasn't funny, I'm not laughing, and that's not a joke. If everybody's not laughing, it's not a joke, is it? But if it's at yeah. somebody's expense and then that person says, well, actually, that makes me feel uncomfortable, and the person who made the joke then says, well, that's because you haven't got a sense of humour. Or they do something and then they say, well, I didn't mean it. It was just a joke. If that makes you feel bad, if that good feeling is, well, that's not good for me, then that's a red flag behaviour. So because so, so, that, that to some people might just be, it's, it's, it's like a minor thing. And, and I presume you're not saying that every time someone makes a joke that you didn't think funny but didn't seem to care, it turns into violence, but it's an example of a, a precursor. It's, it's a precursor. If it makes you feel uncomfortable and it's not funny, then it's not funny. And if it's at your expense and then you say, well, actually, I disagree with that, it's not funny. And then they get defensive and say, well, actually, it's because you've got no sense of humour or whatever, then that's, that's a red flag type of behaviour. So when somebody does something that you disagree with, and also then then you you call them out on that, and then say, they say, well, I wasn't, I didn't mean it, I was only joking, you know, like they twist, they twist things. Uh, and actually, I suppose it, it 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 could be a sign that they're not that bothered what your thoughts are on that topic, and it might be a minor thing on day one, like a joke. But what else are they going to dismiss your views on down the line? Is is, is that is that is that is that where that would head, or yes. am I reading got, too much into that? We all got, we all have different ways, and I mean, every relationship individual, isn't it? And we all have little quirks and little things, and different levels of acceptability. But I think what happens is something starts off. If you're with somebody who's going to go on to abuse you, things start off very small because they're testing the water to see what you're gonna put up with. And they'll try and cross those boundaries. And if they cross the boundaries and you don't challenge them, they'll cross another boundary and it just goes on and on and it just escalates. It's also very manipulative. It's testing how you react to things. So if you can see things at the beginning, the little things, the things that lots of people wouldn't even think about as potentially abusive and it gives you a chance to think well actually am I right about this it gives you a chance to go and 
speak to somebody that you are confident that you can confide in and have those conversations to see because a lot of times you know when you come out of a relationship somebody you know really closely will say well you know I didn't really like them in the first place but nobody seems to have that courage to talk about things openly and it's it's about having those conversations as well you, 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 you said something there which made me think of something we covered on, on, on the last talk. Um, and it's, it, it's like you, you, you tell your mum and, and she goes, I knew, I always knew, we all knew, we've all talked about it, we knew this day was coming. Yeah. And there must be like a, why didn't you help me get that kind of feeling from, from, from someone in that position? But, but, but you've, you've got examples in your book, haven't you, of, of, people who very bravely and, and very openly shared their stories. Yeah. And there's examples of exactly that kind of thing, isn't there? You know, well, well, everyone else seemed to know, but I just didn't see it. So there's a couple of things there, Martin. Sometimes people don't realise they're in an abusive relationship. Because like with anything, if you don't know what you don't know, you just don't know. But also it's very difficult if you've presented with somebody who's like head over heels in love, um, it's very difficult to turn around to them and say, well, actually, this person is this, this, and this. It's really difficult. And I think the beauty of actually creating a book, which is a solid thing, you can have a conversation, an easier conversation about a book than you can have about a relationship. Ah, so you could say, I'm reading a really interesting book. I think you may get something from it. Yeah. It's not It's not just them having a hunch. They've got something to back up what, what, what they're saying. And of, right. of course, intentionally, I wrote this book, so the language in the book is aimed at, at teenagers. But how many teenagers do you know who agree with their parents? Really hard none, none. I was only a teenager once and I didn't agree with much that my parents said well, while I was I a teenager. I was a teenager once and I still don't agree with one of my parents, you know, and I'm in my 50s now. So <laughs> it's really difficult. For me, the important thing as a parent, because I'm on to my third teenage child now. So I've got two of them to adulthood and they're both still alive. So I'm in the kind of final, a final leg of trying to get them. But to me, and I was a single mum for a very long time. I was a single mum of three for 10 years. And as far as I'm concerned, I know that my children will make choices that I disagree with. They know what the rules are, if you like. But I've always maintained that you have to keep the lines of communication open. Because my job is not to stop them making mistakes. My job is to make sure that they are safe, even if they do things that I would say would be mistakes and things that I would disagree with. So having that communication is really important. And I think a lot of people talk to their kids more about where they're going for their holidays each summer than they do about intimate relationships and important things. And I is, think there, it, it, is there an embarrassment there then, Bree? Because if my, if my parents ever said, oh, just before you get going there, let's have a proper deep conversation about an intimate relationship. 
it's the kind of thing as a kid I would have just cringed at that well I think you have to start off very like early on when they're little so things about intimacy are discussed because if you try and start when they're 15 and you haven't had that conversation when they're five it's really difficult but what I would say is if it is going to be really difficult just do it anyway because it has to be done. I, I think that it's more important to keep your child safe than anything. And I do not want my children to die of ignorance. And of course, with the people who are my age, I'm 56. When I was a teenager, somebody invented AIDS. And I did not want, because I used to work with people who were HIV positive. And I know people who died with AIDS and I do not and I did not want my children to die of of ignorance basically I had to talk with them about protecting themselves I also had to talk to my sons about protecting themselves against rape allegations so you have to have those conversations I had to talk to my daughter about protecting herself from stalkers and predators and being out by herself then I have to talk with the boys about being out by themselves because teenage the the age between 15 and 25 for lads is really high risk for assault so you have to have those conversations with them even if they're uncomfortable and if they're uncomfortable like just get over it just have it anyway yeah you know on, on, on the comfort what's more uncomfortable having an uncomfortable conversation or having to pick up the pieces after a horror, horrifying event. Absolutely, if you've got the choice of the two there, and there's no guarantee that one prevents the other or that one must happen, but I'm sure you'd rather have an uncomfortable conversation now with your kids, even if it takes a few goals, yeah. than to try and pick the pieces up after. But, but really, re, re, you mentioned something quite interesting because we're speaking um you know day, days after the announcement that sarah everard's killer has has, has been um sentenced i think or, or, or certainly found guilty um there, i think there was another i, I don't want to pick on the police because i think the police do a fantastic job but there was another policeman accused of something very recently yeah. um there was the young teacher i think she was a teacher who was was basically killed on a night out and, and 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 obviously, whenever we get something like this, there's normally a conversation across the media. I, I'm not so sure that it necessarily happens in people's households in the same way, but the, 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 there's, there's two things that seem to happen. There seems to be a group of people that say women should be able to do whatever they want, regardless, free from any fear, persecution or anything. And then there's another side that says, but also don't put yourself at further risk than you have to. And, and there never seems to be like an acceptance that my own view is there's a bit in the middle of, well, you still have a personal responsibility not to be somewhere silly or doing something silly that increases your chances, yeah. as well as you still have an expectation that you should be able to go out and not get raped or murdered. Um, but there the, the never seems to be that bit in the middle. And it's interesting that you've written a book about trying to prevent domestic abuse. But also you're saying, I've spoke to my daughters about, well, don't put yourself in a position where it's more likely to happen. How, how, how do you... Everybody, regardless of gender, 
has to take responsibility for their own safety. Because the bottom line is, you are never, unless something completely bizarre happens, we're never going to rid ourselves of people who abuse. We're never going to rid ourselves of rapists. And we're never going to rid ourselves of murderers, not entirely. So you have to be realistic. The book is about education. The ideal, my vision is that it would be taken into schools and respect will be discussed in schools. And girls especially will learn about self-esteem and self-confidence. So the thing that you're talking about, about being on the street is a completely different thing. So the majority of abuse happens in the home and but there's there's always going to be a danger in the street and i know that the government have announced a 25 million pound package to make streets safer while streets are not dangerous men who abuse on the street men who rape and men who murder are dangerous so that money needs to go towards not new street lights and clearing bushes and hedges away, it needs to go into education so that will make sure that boys learn that their urges need to be resisted. I mean, how hard can it be? All right, feeling the urge to rape somebody, why don't you just phone a friend and they'll come and help you and stop you from doing it? Because the, the elephant in the room is, it's men who rape and men who do the majority of murders. So that's where the focus needs to be. Yeah. I don't know it, what's it, going it, to happen it, with that 25 million pound, but I calculated it's like 0.001% of the policing budget for a year. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, 25 million pound goes nowhere, does it? Um, Good, actually. But then I'm not going to get political on your back. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, we would never get anywhere if we ended up trying to dissect what politicians no. do. But it, that's, um, that's the point, isn't it? It's all about educating people. But you have to be aware that you have you have a level of responsibility towards yourself to keep yourself safe. And in an ideal world, yes, you'd be able to walk down the street and in the middle of the night or whenever. But actually, I've only ever encountered two stranger rapes that were genuinely stranger rapes. And of course... One of the worst things about stranger rape is because you don't know who it is, you actually don't know that you don't know who it is. Of course, for all you know, you know exactly who it is. Could, you it just didn't realise it was them. Neighbor. It could be your, your partner because you actually don't know. And that's the psychological damage of that is huge. Yeah, for all you know, it's the driver of the bus that you get on every day on the way to work. Exactly. Or, or everyone you meet could be that person. Be that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The, 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 the anonymity of that. Yeah. Coupled with what happened would would be terrifying. I suspect it's very hard to get over. But it's interesting when you say that. It's, you know, you didn't say the streets are safe because I don't want anyone to get carried away here and say that we're talking about how there isn't a problem. No one's denying there's a problem. But but your focus here is that if there's a problem on the streets just wait till you look behind doors that seems to be what you're saying here yeah you have to acknowledge that they're two separate things however you have to acknowledge that collectively that it's basically misogyny 
it's, 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 it's the same yeah it's a site it's a sense of entitlement like if you're walking past a building site um it doesn't matter what age you are and 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 they're wolf whistling at you that's very frightening you know um somebody who's out there flashing his willy at you is basically a rapist a potential rapist in the making it's like you you don't go from um doing nothing to raping and murdering there's a there's a there's a learning curve. Well, I think I I, I think my, my knowledge on this is is sparse, but any program I've ever watched about serial killers, they normally start with animals as kids and yeah. develop into killing adults as human as adults. There's a direct uh, correlation between yeah. abuse of animals, like cruelly to animals, and domestic abuse. Yeah. So, yeah. so 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 again, the signs are probably there. Quite whether. And again, I, I simply don't know, but I'll be very surprised if anyone ever rang me and went, Marty, I think I'm going to rape someone. Can you give us a hand? Well, I'm not sure that people... They should be able to do that, shouldn't they? Well, you, because well, that should be... That... Because men, like you, if you know somebody who's abusive, you you need to have words with that person. 100%. Uh, what, 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 what I'm getting at, and I don't know, and, and, and I'm happy to defer to your knowledge on this, but... I, I can't imagine there's many people who say I'm off tonight to rape someone. I I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I don't I suppose know, what I'm getting at here is how much of it's premeditated if, rather than impulsive. If you look at the Sarah Everard case, that man premeditated that whole thing. That was in the that was in the planning. And I know that most rapes happen in the home. Well, that's well, that's the thing, yeah. So, but but, but then so, I think so, like they are both separate things, but at the same time, they are both about the entitlement that some men feel that they can have sex when they want to have it, and that's it's, misogyny, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, the terminology it's wrong. Whether it's exactly misogyny, I don't know, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of other ways that well, misogyny can be illustrated. But yeah, and also the the entitlement that they it's, feel. It's, it, it might it might not be that they hate women, but they might not think much of the woman in, in their life. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to get into the intricacies of it. But either way, it's definitely wrong. There's no there's no argument there. What what's interesting is is your book is called "Be Kind, No Excuses," and we're talking about here domestic violence, man versus woman. This this could just be a friendship, couldn't it? It doesn't have to be someone in a relationship. I mean. Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, surround yourself but, by nice people who are positive. This the, could literally be advice for anybody in any any kind of relationship, couldn't it? Yeah, the, the definition of domestic abuse is in relation to um, intimate partners and family members. Yeah, and those two things are different as well. But in any relationship, there can be toxicity. So anybody can find themselves in a friendship with somebody who's a narcissist, somebody who's a bully. Um, so yeah, a lot of the things, um, especially when you're talking about in schools, I mean, the bullying that goes on in schools, the homophobic bullying that goes on in schools. This is this, this is bullying with a with a particular bent, isn't it? It's it's bullying of a person you're in a relationship with. Yeah. But but a lot, a lot of the, the control things you've said there sound like just normal playground bullying. 
I'm not saying normal as in to normalize it. What I'm saying is it's everywhere. A lot of these behaviors are everywhere. And if they weren't as prevalent everywhere, they wouldn't then turn into the more extreme versions of this. It's because as a culture, we just accept things as normal. My argument is it might be normal, but it's not healthy. Yeah, because 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 no, no, again, normal. normal normal makes the presumption that it should just be it'll always be there, yeah. rather than it's common. So it's, it's something that happens it's commonly. Common a, maybe common is a better word, or yeah. maybe um, it's not unusual is is a better way to describe it. But I I think that as we become more open as a society, um, things are more accepted. And some things that are more accepted are for the good, and some things that are more accepted don't lead to good things. Yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray you mentioned twenty-seven years in the force. I don't know. I don't know when you left, or or, or, or what that twenty-seven year. But either way, twenty-seven years is kind of a you know, generational difference. Have Have you seen much? changing the attitude over those 27 years are, are we making progress or are we just as you know are we just as bad as we've ever been well I, I left I retired six years ago so it has been some time since I've been on the front line certainly when I joined the police in 1988 the attitude towards domestic violence um, has changed massively but between then and now, legislation has come into place. For example, when I joined the police, because there are, you know, there are different levels of assault, obviously. I think everybody knows that. But common assault was not an arrestable offence. And a lot of domestic incidents involved common assault. And I think the police officers felt powerless because they didn't have a power to arrest, because cops yeah, are like, Arrest, 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 till in rain. But also, as a society, you had very much the attitude of what goes on behind closed doors is nobody's business. And I completely disagree with that. Because I think if somebody's being abused, they're being abused. And it is, it is the business of the community that they live in. It is the business of the family that they're in. And then you also have that, well, you've made your bed, you have to lie in it kind of attitude, which I think is just horrendous. It's, it's funny because in, in no other part of life do we say that, do we? We don't go, uh, you know, I, I bought a Ford, it wasn't great. Tough, that's it. You've got a Ford forever now. You know, you, you get it, you, eventually you get a new car, don't you? you really yeah, good I'll not do that again. Actually. And I've got nothing against Ford. <laughs> you that? In, Can I steal that? I've got to take it. But, but in no other part of life do you go, well, well, that's just tough. That's forever now. Yeah. And so the most intimate part of your existence, you said, you're told you have to stay there. It's just cruel. What, what, what do you think drives that? Because again, again I'm, I'm maybe not asking the same questions as I did last time. Um, I think we're still having a good conversation, though. Um, but that, that last time we talked a bit about the kind of, and I, and I said before, you know, someone leaves, something happens, and the mum says, well, we always knew. But also, you know, you've just mentioned there about, well, it's your bed, you've got a lie in it. Um, 
how 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 much of that pressure to, to to stay somewhere comes from outside rather than because because I, I, we can talk on that as well. But I would imagine there's there's like an element of maybe shame, admitting defeat, tail between your legs, those kinds of sayings, not rightly felt, but that you can see why someone would stay. It's but, very complex. It's what, very what drives complex. people to like not pull people out? Because if I saw someone drowning, I would pull them out. I wouldn't go, oh, well, that's what you get. And that's again, what you get like, getting in the water. <laughs> yeah, they, again, there's no other parts in life where we just go, tough. What do you want me to do? Yeah. You, 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 so so why, why, why is that help not more forthcoming? I think it's, it's a lot more complex, isn't it? Because when you're in a relationship, especially if you're abused, you've been um worn down and like i said earlier some people literally do not know that they're in abusive relationships but 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 so no no but because because that's this that's the that's that's the individual what what i suppose the question there though is why don't the people who are observing who 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 do know why don't they tend to do more about it is it because they don't realize it is is it possibly also, you know, abusers are very clever and they don't just abuse the person that they're with, they abuse the person around them, the, the people around that person. So the gaslight, all of those people, like um, people say like that person's really charming in public. You know, they've got a, like a mask on in public, whether they're the life and soul of the party or the one where, you know, they're like really lovely when they're out and about and then they're really abusive inside the house. And people who are outside know that they're really abusive in the house but they're still outside being charming it's really difficult to be challenging with somebody who's got this perfect persona and you know what what do you do because you haven't got no evidence other than the evidence of the person who's been abused in the kids it's a hard one yeah i, I, I remember I, I, having I, a very um a very interesting challenging time with somebody i'm related to with her her now ex-partner um and I was the only person in my family who challenged him and um that was interesting time it was really hard because the police were like well she'll just retract the statement tomorrow that was back in the day but plus, I was the only plus, person, plus I was the only of course who challenged him and I was you 20, run the risk of like well, you run the but, risk of then being the outcast in the family, don't you, for cause and bother? It's very families are very complicated, and what's acceptable in one is not acceptable in another. We've all got our own language, our own little quirks, haven't we? It's also very dangerous to leave an abusive person. It is the most likely time when you're going to be murdered, is at the point of separation. So you have so to acknowledge that. So you're, you're in a sticky wicket here then, aren't you? Because you're trying to persuade people to leave abusive relationships no, whilst not. also having to be honest that I'm not. that is the most dangerous. No, I'm no, actually, not. sorry, you're right. You're trying to avoid it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avoid it in the first place. That's why I've written, written the book, because I've seen what happens. So is, is it possible that people could pick this book up thinking, well, it's not for me, and they start reading it and they go, shit, this is me. What that's do they happened. do then? Because they, they are in this dangerous position, aren't they? I get messages from people all the time. 
that's interesting. Who who go? Well, I didn't realise, but bloody hell, this is me. Yeah, because it doesn't have to. Because I presume you you know you're talking about domestic abuse. Yeah, I presume it doesn't have to just be physical abuse. It could be. I I, I, I I don't know, but I suspect psychological, financial abuse is huge. You know, sexual abuse is huge. If you've what's, got somebody what, what's, who's in what's abuse financial abuse, what, sorry, what's financial abuse? Sorry, Ray, what do what is what is what what would that look like? Well, when you when you haven't got control of your own finances because somebody else has, it is a it is an imbalance in the relationship. Like I'll give you an example, right? You you might agree, you might disagree, right? You've got two two people who come together to get married. They've got two kids. They've got the nice house. He's working. She works part time because they agreed between them that when they had the children, that she would reduce her hours at her work and spend, you know, most of the time with the kids. They've got two cars, one's a BMW and one's a Ford Fiesta. He drives the BMW and she... Because he, he needs the good work, good car for work, yeah. Drives the Fiesta with the kids in. Is that okay? I see, I see where you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously I'm saying this as my wife doesn't work, mind you. So I'm going to go make I get a job now. <laughs> but that's like that's an example of is that balanced yeah i'm with you yeah i, I, I mean, I, I mean it's pretty children were little, i always had the better car the safer car the newer car because i'm me and i was like yeah well that's the way it is the kids are first yeah. kids safety is more important you're safer in the in the bigger newer car then that's what the kids are going to be driven around in Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Financial abuse in terms of if your kids, if you pay for your children to go to school. Now, can you leave that abuser if that abuser is the one who funds the school fees? Because so, so, so what people are doing then, then presumably is trading their own safety and happiness for their for, for their kids is and and, and that's it's not, not a good place to be, is it? It's going to mean the kids have to go to a different school, and it's very traumatic. And do you find people have to make that kind of trade off regularly? Then, read so, well, well, where, where will I live? How do I get it? You know, if, if all of a sudden there's twenty obstacles, do you find people then just go, "I'll swallow everything else and just, I'll." And, and is that why you get a lot of people who, as soon as the kids have like left, left, left home, you see like a lot of marriages break down yeah. twenty years after kids don't. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll be that'll be one of the reasons, but it's something to think about because finance is something that actually will literally tie you together, and it's really hard to get to the, a, a good financial agreement, isn't it? If you have to go through a court, it's really it's a really hard one. Like yeah. people don't leave. Like you hear that all the time as well. Like, well, why doesn't why don't they just leave? It's like, where are they going to go? They haven't got like another house around the corner that they can just move into. You know, it's it's far more complicated than just leave. And it's also dangerous. Because often it's not even just that you can just go and stay with your parents or whatever. You know, it's, it's it kind of just like, the bags packed, I'm off. But yeah, no, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Oh. What, um, so, so we've mentioned financial, I'll say we know what, 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 what physical means, Assuming we know physical, I mean, what 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 are the key kind of areas? Would you see, uh, you know, I suppose control is another thing. Yeah. 
We only have default pot on Thursdays. You know, like what talking about um, things like what do you wear? If you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, I can't think of it without knowing more about it, Ray, but I'm happy to think about right. it after this. So if, if you look in the book, because what I saw was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So that's a, a psychology pr proposed by Adam Maslow in 1943. Okay, so it's not new. Yeah. And everybody has this in their life. So basically, if you look at the bottom, this is where you're really, really happy. And this is where you want to be. And this yep. is just basic needs like food, shelter, sleep. Okay, so if you think about domestic abuse in terms of food, shelter, and sleep, yeah, controlling what you eat, controlling what you don't eat, talking about what you eat, you should eat more, you should eat less, why are you so fat, why are you so thin if you didn't eat as much, if you weren't so fat, I would fancy it, you're too skinny, I don't fancy it, you know, how much sleep do you get? Are they keeping you awake? Do they have to have an argument just before bedtime? Because that's a classic. Starting an argument before bedtime when they know that you're knackered, so you're not getting any sleep. Deciding where you live because they've got financial control. Deciding whether or not you put the central heating on during the day. I have a friend who wasn't allowed to put the central heating on during the day and they had a big house. She wasn't allowed to go to work. She drove a car that wasn't didn't belong to her. She had a phone that didn't belong to her. Nothing belonged to her. Everything was in his name. Absolutely. Say, say it's a funny person. It's a funny person who says, "Right, well, I'm in now. Put the heating on." <laughs> I've had it's an abuser. It's an abuser. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not I right mean, to put so... the heating on because I pay the bills. There's well, you so, can't have so this because I pay that. the bills. You can't have this because I pay the bills and I'm in control. You don't work, but you don't work because they don't want you to work. And if you do work, they come out the work and embarrass you. They go to you, the works do and embarrass you, <laughs> so you have to quit. You, you mentioned, um, actually it was my mother, I mentioned something, you know, my, mo my mother was a sewing machinist for years and she worked in, um, it was a bit like Mike Baldwin's knicker factory on the street, you know, on oh. Coronation Street. But anyway, she worked in loads of different places and she said they went out once for their Christmas party and there was a bunch of, it was a bunch of women, I think there was one or two blokes there, but um, it was it was basically all of the women from the factory. And... Um, she said one of, one of the women she was with all of a sudden just kind of like sat next to me mother, kept her head down and just like sipped her drink, stopped talking to everyone. And my mother's very gobby. If you ever met my mother, she's she's um, she's very forward. And she kind of went, oh, what's what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, it's, uh, me, me, my husband's here. So well, well, bring him over. Let's have it. You know, and she went, oh, no, no, no. You, you won't want to know that I've seen him. It, it turns out, anyway, this bloke was then just following them everywhere that night, you know? So my mother, just straight away, I'm not having that. Um, the next time they went into a bar, she kind of went, oh, it's a bloke pestering her. Can, can you not let him in? So the bouncer then didn't let him in, you know? Um, and, and, and then right at the end of the night, they're in this place for hours, you know? And, like, the end of that, my mother never clubbed or anything, but she, she was like, well, well, I'm going tonight. So when clubbing, you know, to enter this club. Um, and then right at the end of the night, just like ran out and bundled this woman into a taxi and jumped in with her and like banged the back of the seat and went, drive, drive, that kind of thing, you know. And this bloke's out there. Uh, and, and, you know, we had a good laugh about it. But then afterwards, I was like, yeah, but what happened when he got home then? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and it's that behind closed door thing again, isn't it? Yeah. But that's what happens. 
if the, if the guy turns up at the end of the night, it's not because he's wanting you to walk you home because he's safe, to keep you safe. It's because he wants to make sure that you're with who you said you were going to be with. Because if you remember, a narcissist thinks in terms of their own behavior. So infidelity is what they do. So they'll just accuse you of infidelity. That's interesting. So, so, so really, there's a lot of things there then, because a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things you're saying, and, and you're saying, but, well, it, it's because, is it though, uh, well, well, I'm going to say it is, because I know it is. It is possible that at the end of the night, if someone says, do you want me to pick you up? They are just offering to pick you up as a nice person. Yeah. So so how, how do you mix between the signals there then? Because it's, it's easier on the joke. If someone makes a joke and they don't have to go, oh, did you not like that? And they go, oh, well, I'm sorry. And if they don't do it again, well, fine. That's It's subjective, isn't it? And that's why it's so difficult, especially at the beginning. Because there's a lot of stuff there you said. So my wife doesn't work. She doesn't drive. She doesn't pass the test, mind you. So she literally hasn't got a car. Um, she doesn't earn, to be fair. That was me opening the door for a couple of her parcels, mind you. Yeah. Um, so to the outside world, you look and go, well, hold on. Well, 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 well poor Rebecca, but she can do what she wants. She can look, go out if she wants. She, she has family. to pack in work. Who's, where's the balance in your relationship? So if you were saying, like, you don't work, so... I have to check what you're buying because I'm the person who earns the money. I literally could care less what she buys. Because you're not abusing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I literally couldn't but care less. But that's what yeah. happens in other people's reality. It's like, well, I'm earning the money, so I decide what to spend. I'm, you know, I'm the one who does that, so I'm in control of that. I, I'm the one who puts the roof over your head, so you should be grateful, which goes into another type of toxic relationship which is parents but that's not what the book's about this time and it's um, interesting because you say that because this is what this this was this is what i was getting at before this is about domestic violence and abusive relationships but it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship what and what was the definition you said there Ray? the, the domestic domestic violence is domestic, between it's intimate partners and family members that's the last time i had a look that was the definition but there are just like two isn't it it's like two yeah like two they, but, different types of abusive relationship in one definition so 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 it's interesting there though because a lot of these things could almost be anyone this could be the awful friend who's very possessive who doesn't want you to go out and mix with other people because you're their friend you will see if, it, if, if there's, there's read, variations isn't there if people read the book they will see things because it's five true stories given to me by women who've been abused in intimate relationships. But if you're in a relationship and it's there are levels of abuse in it, you will see, you will see that in those stories as well. Yeah. Cause because the title, Be Kind No Excuses, feels like just a basic motto we should all be able to live by, not just in intimate relationships, but generally. Yeah, but it is problematic, isn't it? Being kind. Um, it, it's very, very just, hard work. Well, <laughs> but ex explain. What do, what do you mean? Because... Because some people are horrible. I think oh, you've got sorry, to accept. Right. 
Uh, some just, people are it, 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 it shouldn't be hard to be kind, is it? But 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 yes, I, I realise. Do, do you yes, mean some is. people make it very hard to be kind to them? Is that what yeah, you mean? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about and respect, I, isn't it? It's everybody. And it's kind of like idealistic, isn't it? It's like be kind to everybody. If everybody was kind, then we wouldn't have to have this conversation, would we? You know. But ideally, everybody would be kind to everybody else. My my job, I guess, is to make sure that it is very difficult for somebody who intends to be abusive to find somebody to abuse because if you yeah, yeah. are confident in yourself and you know yourself worth and teenage girls are in terms of relationships teenage girls are very vulnerable because there's a lot of pressure for them to be in a relationship to have a boyfriend to be perfect to have the eyelashes to have the thing to be thin there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of girls really have very low self-esteem but if we build our girls so that they've got high self-esteem and self-confidence it's very difficult for somebody to come along and abuse them especially if they see and know what the red flags are because they'll go look i've read that story and um, and that book says that what you've just done is actually abusive so like sling your hoop mate I think yeah. that's, that's ideally, I would just like to make it really difficult for abusers to get into relationships at all. Because you can't easily solve existing issues, but if you can, if you can, we've next start, generation, we've if they- We've got to start they, somewhere. We've got to start yeah. somewhere. So if we start in education and work on the problems that we have as well, that are already, I mean, a lot of women have said to me, I wish I'd had this book when I was a teenager. It would have caused me, it would have saved me from so much pain which is heartbreaking, but I can't do anything about that. Do, 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 do you find, Ree, that society is, 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 isn't helping here? I, I listened to a podcast, gone for the life of me, think who it was, what, what podcast it was. I consume a lot of podcasts while I'm just walking about. Um, and it, 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 it talked about the abundance of pornography everywhere and about how... It was like an hour, fairly fairly detailed discussion about the, the, the psychology of, of all of these things, but I'll try and summarise. And it kind of said, you know, the, prob the problem is now you've got, you, you've got people who turn into adults, they've got the bodies of adults, but the kids, the, the minds of kids, um, because they haven't been allowed to experience things in the right way. Because I'll, I'll use drinking because it's perhaps an easier analogy. You know, most people don't just get away at in, then go on an all-day bender the first time they've drunk. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first time you see anyone drink isn't normally someone rolling around the big market who's had too many. Yeah. You, you've probably had a sip of shandy at New Year's Eve or on a special occasion or someone's party. And you, you build up to it, don't you? But, but with pornography now, it's almost like, well, the first time you, 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 you see a boob is... In a, in a foursome on some like, you know, like massive yeah. porno video. Normal. Yeah, and you, and you go, oh, well, so, so you mentioned there about, you know, women, the expectation of your eyelashes have to be the right size dress. It's like also, oh, I've got to do all this stuff, which, yeah. which, which frankly, well, when I was a kid, I didn't think half it had been invented. Never well, mind it was common. I'll say what I said earlier. It might be normal now because we're, in the progress of society, some things are progress for the better, 
and some are not progressed for the better. Access to pornography is instant now. And you're right, if you're 14, yeah. the first thing you want to see at 14. It's something you should have built up to. You know, you know, you know if, if, if you say watching watching pornography now is is the old day bender, you're just going straight into the old day bender, aren't you? It's it's yeah. it's and it's like it's it's not your first cigarette around the back of a bike shed. It's yeah. like it's like right, gone straight into like smoking 40 in a row. It's like, well, well, I wasn't ready for that, you know. Yeah. But the thing it's normal. And the thing I'm not I'm, I'm not approved by any of it. I'm just I'm not, not approved by any measure, but I can see there's a there's a problem there with elements of the instantness of a lot of things now in society, isn't it? And it's also cruel. It's cruel to put, you know, you wouldn't if you caught your kid smoking a cigarette, right? Ex smoker here, right? I wouldn't make them smoke smoke forty tabs. Do you know what I mean? It's cruel that children can access pornography, and see what they see and think it's normal that's cruel because the reality is that's not normal and that's why yeah. we need to educate them yeah normal is to what relationships are really about they're not about shagging i had an interesting um conversation with someone many years ago now and i i can't remember it might have been somewhere like as day you know someone fairly bland but you know in like picking kids close up all of it and I'm we either saw a young girl wearing or on the young girl section there was like a pair of like tracker bottoms for like age five or whatever I basically said like you know juicy bitch or something on the backside and I was thinking who the hell would put them on a kid you know and and, and the outcry from the I can't remember who it was now because I'm going back probably 15 years now it was like well you should be at the dressy kids who have you want to say yeah, I get that, but why would you put juicy bitch on your five-year-old kid's back? Why would you sexualize a child? It's like, well, what's what's wrong with people? You know, yeah. it's 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 like putting a bullseye on people's chest and then sending them off into a battlefield. It's like, <laughs> why the hell would you do that? Um, but it's funny, you don't seem to be able to this idea of nuance now is lost, isn't it? Because I think I think when you said there, you know, it's about teaching people to look after themselves, because that's where you start. You, that's the bit in your control. But there seems to be no nuance now. You can't say, well, yes, they shouldn't do that, but but maybe there's something you could do as well without this, victim blaming. Because there's a fine line, isn't there? Because there's a knee-jerk reaction every time something horrendous happens. Uh, but the reality is we do not live in an ideal in an ideal planet. So you have to take responsibility for your own safety. But at the same time, yeah, it would be nice if people didn't assault, murder and rape people, but they do. And that's never yeah. going to go away. So, Not so, why so we you just have to live in it as an after. We don't deal with it when it's happening, when it's coming up, yeah. when when people start doing the dick pics and the exposure and, and the things that they do in the lead up, in their learning curve. To abuse, we don't deal with them, and that's what I'm saying. We need to deal with them right at the beginning. When people start to spin, you know, when they start pulling the wings off flies, we need to go. Mm, we need to sort this with. We need to have a conversation with this child to see why this child is doing what this child is doing. And I don't think abusers are mentally ill. I just think they're horrible people. And you have to accept that there are 
a certain number of horrible people on the planet and there's no answer in the question why are they horrible it's just like they are they just are and there will always be those people but there will also be those people who who children who start doing things and they don't realize that it's not okay and they need to be educated to know that it's not yeah. okay do, do, do you find really that modern parenting has 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 some part in this um and again, I may get this wrong, but you know, we 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 noticed in particular a lot of the things that kids were allowed to get away with at say a kids' party. Yeah, you know, it's just kids letting do what they want. We're often the kids of parents who by day would be, you know, equality campaigners, da, 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 but then they'd let little Timmy do whatever he wanted. And you think, well, what kind of person's Timmy gonna be when he grows up? It's gonna I mean, be a shit, just, isn't he? That's just you know, you can't let children, you can't let anybody do just what they want to do because sometimes what they want to do is not an okay thing. And I couldn't comment on parenting generally. I can just go from my own standard. There are certain things that are not okay. Like, for example, some somebody twangs your daughter's bra strap in school and the attitude is, well, boys will be boys. Well, actually, no. Are you happy for them to behave like a nonce or are you going to sort it out? Yeah. that's how it starts because there's, there's ex- the, 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 the law there'll always be natural experimentation i suppose yeah but but then there should be correction of the experimentation that's off on the wrong path isn't it you can't you can't say no one will ever strap a bra strap again of course it's definitely going to happen you have to nip it that out become, it shouldn't become an accepted thing to do though should it exactly. yeah uh, 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 yeah yeah but again, that feels like there's so many parts of life. Your, your area is what we're talking about. But again, it feels to me like there's so many areas around life where you go, eh, what does that matter? But it does matter, doesn't it? If you know, whether it's a politician getting negged or milkshaked or whatever, it's like, well, yeah, but you shouldn't let people get away with that because it's wrong. It doesn't matter who the person is getting milkshaked or eggs. It's just you shouldn't behave like that. It, it, it leads to other things. And I think sometimes people say, well, it depends who the victim is. If it's someone we like, we'll campaign to stop it. If it's someone we don't like, more, okay. more of it, please, you know. No. If there's a victim, there's a victim, and that's not okay. Yeah. It's really interesting. So, so, so really, uh, last time we talked, you said you had a, a, a thing you would love to happen. Um, do you want to tell us what that was? You, I, cannot, I can't remember what that was. What did I say? <laughs> was, was, it, was it not that you wanted to be interviewed or, or be, be chatted to, picked up by someone in particular? What was it? Oh, my did you, oh am, I, am I mixing people here? Did you not say you had a, 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 your goal was to be picked up by um, Steph McGovern or something like that? No, that wasn't me. You'll have to come back. <laughs> well, 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 oh, I don't know who that is. Show, show people how incompetent I am. Um, but, 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 but you're, you're certainly trying to get the message out here anyway. And did I say, did I say that you are on, on, on your, I think I saw on Twitter, were you on, I think the BBC or something like that the other day? On, or on Monday night. I was on Tyne and Weir television and also Teesside television on Monday evening. And I was interviewed by Carol Melia at BBC North East and Cumbria. Which was lovely, yeah. actually. I've, I've I've met Carol very briefly in a, in, a, in a very unusual way. But we, we, were, we, we were looking around maternity <laughs> wards at the same time as each other. 
So 12 and a half year ago, 13 year ago, um, I think she was having her first. We were having her our first. And we uh, we went on the tour together around the maternity ward. She seemed very oh, pleasant, very nice lady. I think when I had my first child, I was at the same time as somebody who played for Newcastle United. But I can't remember what his name is. It was nearly 30 years ago. <laughs> Some, some footballer, some footballer. It was some So now you've thrown Steph McGovern in the bin there. You're not bothered about who? Where, I don't where, know who where, that is. I don't know who that is. My vision the, for, the, for the... It's the Geordie lass who does... Um, what's she got? I don't know. Steph's packed lunch or something like that. She does like a... You, you, if you say her, you would know her. She's a BBC presenter. Um, Actually, I was at my mother-in-law's the other day and... Um, she was on TV and my mother-in-law said it's something packed lunch isn't it yeah yeah Steph's packed yeah. lunch I think it's so cool. my mother-in-law said you need to try and get on her program and I was like I have no idea who she is but yes for the purpose of this interview I'd love to be on her program that would be amazing <laughs> whoever the hell she is yes please. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't do you know what I know that because Carol Maley is like practically royalty in the in the news isn't she so I do know who she is yeah. um but I, I, wonder, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's interesting that, that your mother said it and I said it, but and also I thought you had said it. Oh, I had so said now, it. I, I'm, I'm now wondering who, who it was that said that. But so, yeah, so, so you want to get the message out. But, but if you know so, her, if you know I, her. I don't know her at all. Again, I've met, I've met Steph McGovern once. And I've got a picture of me with her on my Twitter from probably about 10 years ago, or I would have done if I hadn't deleted it. I don't even um, know. I've just asked my friend to teach me how to use Twitter, actually, because I do have an account. Because I thought, what I'm I'm going to do is, I've decided I'm going to become an anarchist, and I'm going to um, I'm going to call out all the MPs when they when they display misogynistic um, beliefs. So I'm going to learn. My friend's going to teach me how to use Twitter, so I can just be really mean. So, so you get so you, so you, in the so face and be kind, no excuses, doesn't it? You're in, tr you're in troll training, are you? Is that what I, you're saying? You're training to be a troll. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to be, I'm going to call them to account. I think you're thing. not going to start blocking roads, though, are you? You're not going to, no. you're not going to do an um, insulate Britain and you're not going to lie on the uh, on, on the central motorway there, are you? No, I'm not going to do that. Well, not today. <laughs> Not, no, no, not, not at the minute. That, that looks like that sounds like a bit of an adventure, actually. Yeah, I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm always, um, I'm always curious when you see things like this because I don't think people would get that easy a ride if it was to happen in the northeast. I think the motorists in the northeast would be less tolerant. I think maybe I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's it's always a sudden like thing, this French, isn't it? This like this this disruption like thing. French just like block the ports. Set fire you know, to a few tractors and just, yeah. You're right. We're not having this, and the government goes, "All oh, right, then we we'll have it your way." Because it's a republic. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I quite like the French way of doing things. Where, where, where what's what's your next step here then? Because you want it in schools. You want it. You you, you want the message loud and clear as far as possible. Well, I mean, what what's your priority? Is it is it schools or schools. get it into schools? I've already um got a lady on social media who um, has said that she's her, her students she's a, a lecturer are getting her students are getting the book because she wants them to use it as part of their criminology studies so I will be 
referenced <laughs> in academic works, which is like, wow, that is crazy, isn't it? I never thought, see, I just thought I'd write a book, it would go, I would crawl back under my duvet, and, and, it, and that would be it, and some people would buy it, and some people wouldn't, but that's not what's happened. But of course, it's like, because of my background in my, my previous job, it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that really makes me very, very angry. And I feel like we haven't made any progress. And certainly in the last 18 months, the homicide rate for domestics, I mean, just people are, the problem is, Martin, like there are so many people living in a house where they are, they are frightened all of the time. And the children are frightened all of the time. And that's just bottom line. That's just not okay. This is the, um, I, I, I think there's going to be at least a dozen major societal issues that are going to have to unwind over the next generation, whether it's cancer diagnoses, you know, the domestic abuse, the damage done to kids, um, and, and probably, like I say, another half a dozen at least where I really don't think the cost and benefits were really weighed up on, on quite what was happening here. I mean, one thing that always baffled me was, you know, if your kid was, um, if you were a key worker, your kid could go to school. All vulnerable kids should go to school. I wonder how many kids went to school as vulnerable kids, because if you're a parent of a kid who's vulnerable, you're not going to admit it. Does the school then ring you up and go, why is your Tommy not in school? Why the hell do you want Tommy there? I'm not a key worker. It's like, I, I just always found that a bit of a strange by, one. By vulnerable children, the meant kids in care. All right. So it wasn't just, well, we think, we, you know, no, we need Tommy in because his parents are horrible. Would have been children who are in the system. That makes more sense. Okay, then. I didn't, I but there would have been that. kids, there, there have been kids who had to stay at home who, I mean, for some children, school is sanctuary. Well, how, how, how many unidentified vulnerable kids are there? Than that might be a, a, a better way to ask the question. I mean, we, we, we've known people in the past um, where people have like came to us for dinner, you know, like a friend from school, one of the kids' friends have come and, you know, I love coming here because you have dinner every night. It's like, oh, what do you do with that info? How, what, what do you do with that? You've got a kid who's telling you they don't eat every night. And you're like, shit. shit. This is like, I was like, what do you do with that? You know? And I just, I don't, I, I don't know what you do with that. We, we, we just fed them up as much as we could, as often as we could, you know, but. Um, and when you think, I mean, it's a massive problem Martin, because the resourcing for social care is stretched so thin. Um, and it, it takes a lot for a child to be removed from a family. If you, you know that if a child is removed from a family, it is because it was horrendous. It's, it's too late, it isn't it? No, no child, any child late. removed is always you, removed too I late. Think, the damage is done, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Because uh -huh. child, childhood brain development, the, the, tinier, the tiny children, the babies, are absorbing everything that goes on around them. I, 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 th I think I saw something not long ago that 
you, you, the kind of person you are is pretty much baked in by the age of four or five. Yeah, definitely, I agree. It's it's not that you can't learn new skills and develop, but yeah. but but who you are, it, you, you you're programmed. It's your program is finished by that age. And if you damage so it. Yeah, it's it's very hard, and that's why you know I think in the care system, I think I think most people don't want to adopt a five year old. It, you'll 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 always have a, a tougher ride with a kid who's been a you know in a in a bad place for five years than you will a newborn. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you fix it. I don't think demonising the people in the system works though. No. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure after all the you know the hassle over baby pee and things like that. I can't remember, but I, I think it's Matthew Syed talks about it in a, in a book called Black Box Thinking. He, he talks about how, you know, a lot of heads rolled in whatever council that was. I can't remember. I want to say Rotherham, but I'm not sure it was Rotherham. Um, but then if you look at the amount of referrals made and the, the, the efficiency of the, the, the system as a whole was worse as a result of the, the outcry because everyone was afraid to do anything. Yeah. And just... And it, it actually caused more harm than it than it was trying to fix, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, well, you've got a big enough challenge on your own, I think, without uh, without going off into these other I'm, areas. What I would it. say is, I will work on the things that I can control and not worry about the things that I can't control. Yeah. And what I can control is working on getting this book out there, working on getting out to speak to people um, working on providing training stuff for organizations you know like I, I want lesson plans for schools I want lesson well one-to-one -one sessions with parents group sessions with parents social workers you know I mean I, I'm not not so much police officers because they deal with things at crisis point um, and this is way before crisis point. This is like social services. Yeah, you you, you want to catch people to. before the first call that the police has ever made, don't you? You want to, you want you want to catch it long before oh, that. Yes, yes, before that happened. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. um have you have you have you, have you thought about because obviously getting stuck something into the curriculum is is a is a big challenge, I suspect, and it's I I'm not sure it's because people don't want it in there. It's just. There's already a lot of stuff and a lot of demands for stuff to be in schools. Um, is is there any 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 value in exploring? You know, really nailing social media. You know, just because you can then put your message out however you want to do it. At the well, top what, of the hat these what days, I've got is, um, I've got I've got a website. I think you don't. I don't. I'm not going to build my business on somebody's rent on rented land, basically. I do use social media. I do have a page on Facebook, same name. I do have a page on Instagram. So that's like just a, like a generic page about toxic relationships. I also have a private Facebook group where we discuss toxic relationships or so not just intimate relationships, but all kinds of toxic relationships and that's a fantastic group and the people in there all talk to each other and it's become so much more than I thought it would um I've had a meeting at lunchtime today with somebody in the education system who says if I write lesson plans for is it PSHE you know that 
I don't know, I call it be nice. Public health. You know, like, you know, if I write lesson plans, because a lot of the time they don't have a lesson plan and teachers are just winging it. Which I, I didn't know that. I d I'm not part of the education system. I, I've never, never. I've never been in teaching or anything. But don't uh, don't get me started if, on that. But never. <laughs> <laughs> if if I could write lesson plans, I would like to run a couple of pilots and then you know like align those plans with the national curriculum and the syllabus. And they'll gladly roll them out because you. And they will just. You, you've you know, saved them writing a lesson. Thank you very much for that. But there's loads. I mean, the book. There's so much content in the book. I, you know, I'll be working on this for years and years. Yeah, good. What, 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 what? Um, what's the one thing you would like to, to you know, that 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 it's 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 schools presumably, but I shouldn't assume your answer. But what's the one thing, the next big thing, the big hurdle you've got to get over in this? Uh, lack of funding. For funding for for, for yeah. you or school funding or just school funding if schools you know if I, I was at a uh, I was at a meeting with somebody the other week who works in a charity who asked me to provide training for her staff but she didn't have any money to pay for it so, so it's not it's, it's not I that mean, people don't I'm want looking, to hear I'm, it I'm it's, looking for funding for that because I can't go and just work for free you know some things I'll do and I'll I will come and I'll talk and I'll just be there just to raise awareness. But I can't just go and do stuff for yeah. free. So I'm looking for funding for that. I also look, I also want funding so that every single woman's refuge and every single woman's prison gets a copy of the book. Because I guess how, how, how many books are we talking about here then, Ray? If you, if you, oh, that would be like 550. That's not as many as you might think, then, is it? The, the 550. Well, if anybody wants to buy one and donate it, then I'll make sure that it got to where it needed to be. So I do what? have a meeting. What day is it? When? I do have a meeting tomorrow with a local um, charity that provides refuges in the Northeast. So they'll be getting some books. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm going in free of charge to talk to people in the refuge and also to speak to the staff. Um, so there's a lot, there's like so many threads to, like that. Like I said, you know, I thought a book and I'd, cry, I'd crawl back under my duvet, but books like there, the book has proved to be like a marketing tool. You've, you've, you've started something, you've started the book and hopefully. I can't stop it, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going until it's in schools. I was going to say you're not going to stop it because you wouldn't you wouldn't have started to write the book if you didn't think it was a big issue that 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 warrants yeah. the effort. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have started the book, would you? No, well, I had if, to if, if, if deep book. if deep down you thought that was the end of it, you, then you were probably kidding yourself, really. Well, I was, you? Yeah, I think I was kind of kidding myself a little bit, thinking I'd just write it and that would be it because it has become so much more. Um, and people, the feedback has been incredible and sometimes heartbreaking as well. And the messages and the conversations I have with people, like I said, some people, until they, like in the, in the group or in lives that I do or interviews that I have, they don't realise that they're being abused. <laughs> it's just like, and then it's a massive revelation for them because obviously once you talk about that, you know, once you ask a question, you have to deal with the answer, don't you? So there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Listen, Ray, I've, um, I've taken over an hour of your time there. Um, I, I I hope if people watch this, it it 
it triggers their imagination to think, well, I need to find out more about this. And I hope they reach out. If Steph McGovern is listening, if she knows anyone who Ree would like to speak to, then, then if Steph could ask them to get in touch, that would be super. Or if she fancies a chat, I'm sure Ree would also take that. Um, oh, it would certainly make Ree's mother happy by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 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 Ree, listen, I I I, I hope you get on. Um, and, and and yeah, and 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 I'm I'm happy to buy some of those books that you want to dish out at the at the refuge tomorrow. So I'll. Uh, I'll jump on the site. I'll order a few copies now. Absolutely. Don't send them out. Just Thank just put them much. wherever you want to do it. Um, and I'm and, I, and I'll put links in here for anybody else who who wants to do exactly the same. Is there a way they can do that on the website if they want to just buy a copy and yeah, they, they just put in they their put postal donate. address. Do not send or something like that. Yeah, they can just put donate, and then I, I'll, it'll get picked up on the website if they put just donate put, in front of their name. I can see but, that. So, and then you then then you'll thank them, but you won't send it out, kind of thing. I won't send it to them. I'll send it to somewhere for them. That sounds like a good way. And I and, and five hundred and fifty copies sounds achievable. Their house. Yeah, five five hundred and fifty sounds achievable. It it it's it's not the same as giving every kid in the class this a copy, is it? Um, five hundred and fifty. I'm also surprised that there. I thought there would be more. Prisons and refuges than five hundred and fifty. Like, from what the information that I have, it's about five hundred and fifty. That, that you're aware of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, then. Well, listen, Ray, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. I wish you well, and um, and we'll we'll speak again at some point and give me an update once you've been on on Steph's lunchbox, <laughs> pack lunch, pack box, whatever whatever it's called. But, uh, yeah. <laughs>